Who the fuck is a dating expert, seriously? <laughs> yeah. I feel like we Very are, bold. maybe. Welcome back to another episode of Interstates and Heartbreak, a podcast about the shared experience of dating in Los Angeles, a city where the only constant is traffic. So I'm really excited for this week's guest. And week over week, I'm really here to provide insight into what it's like to date as an average person in what is honestly historically a very glamorous city. This week, though, my guest can actually shed light on the more glamorous side of things because I have an award-winning actress on today's episode, and she was in Netflix's Dear White People and FX's Better Things, and she's also done commercial acting, stage performance, and sketch comedy at UCB. I'm so excited to introduce Cassidy Parker, and I will let her tell you a little bit more about herself. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've been looking forward to it for so long. Um, that was a great intro, by the way. You just really <laughs> pumped my ego up. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. Um, that's basically a little bit more about my personal life, though, too. I, I'm kind of a bit from all over. I uh, was born in San Diego, grew up in Colorado, went to school for musical theater in Pittsburgh at Point Park. And um, then I lived in Paris for a year, did a little bit of a break there and had some culture, <laughs> a little culture, and then came back and lived in L.A. for seven years. And um, yeah, I've been an actor my whole life, mainly theater to begin with, and then mainly commercials and TV right now, a little bit of film. And I have my own podcast as well called Before You Know My Name. So and that's how Leslie found me, yes. which is great. And what else? I just started this week, actually. I'm a creator on this app called Stereo App, which is kind of like talk radio. So I'm having fun with that. It's been great to like have new things to do during quarantine. Yes. And a um, serial dater. <laughs> oh, Ad, which is why I'm here. Yes, honestly, very relatable because of that. But yeah. Fundamentally single. <laughs> so as Cassidy mentioned, I found her because of her podcast. Honestly, if we're being real, I found her because I'm a creep because... I saw you comment on some thread as part of a group that I was following on Facebook. Oh, nice. And That's even better. you had mentioned that you were launching a new podcast. And I was just so instantly intrigued because I feel like it's such an interesting concept around the perspective of an actress who has clearly attained success, but still has more growth. And I was like, okay, I need to talk to this girl. She's in LA. This is so perfect. And so I just shot my shot. And I'm so glad that you were willing to connect. I'm so glad that you did. I love stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's what we're here for, especially, like I said, during quarantine. It's like we got to connect in, in the ways that we can. Mm -hmm. And then in the future, hopefully we'll be in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I know. One day, one day. We were like talking about how much we would love to go out for drinks and sadly <laughs> <Yeah>. cannot. <laughs> Yeah, the first episodes that I listened to, I was like, I'm jealous. I think I even said that in my message <laughs> yes. back. I was like, I'm seriously mad that we're in quarantine right now, so we can't go out. Ugh, I know, seriously. it's I miss those days so much. Like, you never realize how much you'll miss a crowded bar until you can't go to one. That's like all I want. I just I want to be at a party with a ton of people yes. and just stand there. I don't even have to talk to anybody, even though I'd like to. I just want to like hear the buzz of the room. Same. And, the energy of the room. and I yeah. feel like 
it's easy to say this now. I feel like I'll never get annoyed by somebody bumping into me when they're drunk again. <laughs> Please bump into me. Yeah, I'll take any touch. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. Um, so yeah, so I reached out. And when we first spoke, I actually realized we have so many things in common that I never yeah. would have just known based Crazy. on your Instagram, you know, like the fact that we both have this career that we're pursuing, but we took a gap before that, like you were an au pair. And yeah. I was in teaching. So also both working with children, even though in different capacities. <laughs> um, yeah. And then our dating histories were very similar, just in terms of like the cadence of our relationships and like when our first serious relationships were. Yeah. And of yeah. course, there's the fact that you are from San Diego. And so am I even though, yeah. of course, we lived there for different periods of time. So I'm just like, I feel like this connection was meant to be yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I think we were talking for like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to talk for like the time half just an hour first. flew by. Because we were both like, B2. Yeah, like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Except for the biology thing. I was not in that. I, that was a shock when you said that to me, too. Uh, yeah, that. it's still a shock to me sometimes when I think about it. <laughs> That's like some of my past relationships. <laughs> You're just like, oh, that happened? Yeah. Damn, did it really? <laughs> Is that something that I let myself go through? Yes. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. So I would love to hear more about your acting career. And I feel mm -hmm. like, you know, even though I work in entertainment, like I mentioned, it's mm -hmm. really not the glamorous side of things. It never has been the glamorous side of things for me. And so I would just love to hear for people who might be less familiar. You know, I did dive into some of the acting that you do, but a little bit more of like what that means. And then specifically, like what type of acting do you not dabble in? Yeah. So I hate to burst everyone's bubble, but also <laughs> my life is not that glamorous. Like it's it's a little glamorous just because I'm a Leo and I love the glam, mm -hmm. but the glamorous parts or like the parts that you think are going to be glamorous mm -hmm. are in a way just because we've like sort of held them on a pedestal, mm -hmm. just kind of like actually to call back, but also the, in reality, the idea idea that most Americans have of Paris mm -hmm. is like that whole like romantic city and like the city of magic and I'm sure a lot of people even Americans think that even if they have visited but I've lived there for a year it's just a goddamn city like everywhere <laughs> else I mean it's cool yeah sure but um but also kind of like <laughs> For example, the first time I had my own trailer, mm -hmm. um, like on a show, I was like, oh, my God, I have my own trailer. Like, what? <laughs> and then I got in and I was like, this is the oldest room I've ever been in. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my trailer gosh. or not. There was like a TV. I mean, it was small. It was, a, it was just a co-star. So I, but even the bigger ones, I've been in the bigger ones and they're old as shit, too, until you're like the lead on a show and even then I don't even know but you have an old ass trailer I'm just gonna throw that out there for <laughs> you guys right now it's like who knows who has sat on this and maybe had sex on it I'm sure <laughs> oh my god let's just say that yeah um <laughs> so you kind of have to like you're you're still though like I have my own trailer and yeah. you're like it's a little bench that mm -hmm. I have to sit in until someone can come get me and tell me where to go so it's Aww. kind of funny like that yeah. um but 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 at the same time you're like I'm in a trailer you know so you yeah. have to take the good with the bad yeah and then as far as you said like if there's any acting I don't do is that what you asked yeah I guess like what other areas of acting maybe do people assume that you are involved in that you are not involved in? I'm not sure if people assume, I don't know what people assume. I don't know. I'm not in their heads. But yeah. <laughs> thank God. But um, 
I actually am someone who like does a lot of different acting. Like I said, mm-hmm. I grew up in theater and um, when I first got here, I think my first big job was was a commercial. Mm-hmm. And then my second bigger job was a TV show. And then I did another TV show. And then I did another TV show. And then I did another commercial. And then um, I made my own film. Mm-hmm. So, and I had a callback like a couple months ago for a film as well. So it's kind of like across the board. And I'd yeah. love to do theater again. Oh, and when I first came out here too, I produced a play that I was in. So I'd love to be able to do a lot. Yeah. Um, and even recently, I had like, I auditioned um, to replace Ruby Rose in Batman, uh, Batwoman. Oh, in, oh my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> in July. Oh know, my so God. Great. You're such a big deal. This is crazy. <laughs> um, well, clearly, I mean, not clearly, but I did not get it, but it was sick to be able to do that audition. And I never thought I would audition for something like that. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like in class, I've been able to like pick sort of like, if I want to work on a superhero type of thing to work on, because I just have class to work, basically like work out every week to keep me, you know, on my toes. Mm-hmm. I love doing it. So it was really cool to have that audition for many reasons, obviously, to begin yeah. with. But then to see, like, I was like, this is sick. I love this because I've been mainly doing comedy and being successful at that. And I definitely want to do that. And I'd love to be on a multicam, which is a sitcom. Mm-hmm. But, um, I would love to do like some sort of superhero shit. And I never thought that before, like last month. So that's awesome. And I feel like (laughs) it's just the genre is expanding so much. So I feel like there's so much that you can do that maybe like 10 years ago, they wouldn't have considered for that genre. So it's a really exciting opportunity. Yeah, for sure. And um, just to even be in the mix with that is really sick. I was like, oh, cool. It's for Batwoman because mm-hmm. I already knew Ruby Rose was going to be replaced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, oh, oh, it's 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 for Batwoman. It's for the Batwoman. It's not for the show. It's like for the person. <laughs> Casual, like no big deal. <laughs> but shout out to, I can't remember her name. She's black and she's on one of their shows already. And she is a bisexual woman and it's going to be amazing. Yeah. That's I, I forget her name as well, but I saw the casting and I was so excited. Yeah, so cool. Yeah. So I guess in terms of how your profession impacts your dating life, do you mm-hmm. feel like you typically date guys who are also either actors or work in the entertainment industry? Or is it kind of just whoever you encounter? And that doesn't necessarily matter. I have so much to say about this. I'll... <laughs> try to condense it as much as possible, especially since like recently I went through like a sort of reckoning mm-hmm. with it or a re-reckoning, I'll say. Because before, even growing up, I would not date anyone who I wouldn't even say in the entertainment industry then because I was just in theater or whatever, but I wouldn't date any actors specifically. Mm-hmm. And then growing up more in my twenties, I wouldn't date anyone who had anything to do with the entertainment industry again on purpose Mm -hmm. I just didn't want that I wanted to like expand my life I didn't want to like come home and talk about the same things I was in Mm -hmm. every day I didn't want to have any of that weird competition because inevitably there always is even if you're dating a guy it's stupid (laughs) Um, and then I went as far as to like not date anyone like who was creative as well like even in like a creative field Mm -hmm. I think because I was just like already in it yeah and then I like went through a a one reckoning and was like okay this is clearly not working Mm -hmm. like I need to especially once once I started gaining more actual jobs and things like that I was like this is not gonna work and then I sort of flipped Mm -hmm. and did the opposite for the past 
two and a half years or so, I've s- only dated people mm-hmm. who are creative minimally. Oh, wow. Um, first, first creative people, at least, unless even though if they're doing a different job. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I really was into this guy for a little bit for, for I'll say a couple weeks mm-hmm. um, for who like went to school for pottery oh. and then like switched his major, but like makes these just gorgeous like ugh, pieces of art Ooh. and you know has his own wheel in his garage and like does a finance job now and everything like that but mm-hmm. love that type of stuff mm-hmm. and then also just with the scheduling and all that and so but yeah. then okay in the last part of the story i went uh, to colorado for a month and stayed mm-hmm. there and i dated this guy there i went on two dates and mm-hmm. he was a flight attendant oh. and so i saw the validity of me seeing okay cool like mm-hmm. I would prefer to date someone creative, mm-hmm. but they don't have to be. It just 100% matters about the person. Yeah. And I think it mainly matters about their schedule. Yeah. Like it would be very yeah. hard for me to date someone with like a nine to five or something like that, mm-hmm. just because that's just not how it works. And it would be very hard, I'm sure, for them to understand my life. Yeah. So I think it's mainly about the schedule and the person. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once I found that sort of and that validated, which was great, with the flight attendant, mm-hmm. he admittedly was a very, like, non-artistic person. Not that he didn't appreciate it at all or anything. He yeah. just was like, I just don't have any of that. Like, I'm not creative in that mm-hmm. way. I don't, like, make art in that way, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And I was, like, very turned off by it. Yeah. So yeah. I need definitely some sort of creativity. Or at least, like, mm-hmm. major ambition yeah. in their own field. Like, yeah. I have a date today. <laughs> I, again. Oh, my gosh. Serial. Okay. Wow. So like, excited to dive savage. into that. <laughs> Savage. Um, who he's in his he just finished his third year of medical school. Ooh. So like that is a very exciting thing for me. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Definitely. It's, I mean that's creative in itself, but mm-hmm. it's also like major ambition, totally different schedule than a quote unquote normal schedule. Mm-hmm. All that. So we'll see. Wow, I have so much to follow up on because I feel like there's so much to dive into. So for me, I mean, I guess now that I'm doing this podcast and I've also gotten more into writing, I guess I can say that's my creative outlet. But before that, I didn't really have one that I was actively pursuing. And I just always Uh kind of thought, you know, would a creative person even want to date me? And I love Mm -hmm. my career. I think it's interesting. I just like... I feel like to them, it might be a little bit boring. And it is Mm. sometimes kind of boring when you talk about like the issues day to day of like the granular things you have to get into and like the politics. I know politics are in every profession, but just it differs Mm -hmm. so much from career to career. So I guess, have you had any experiences where, like you mentioned, the guy in Colorado, like Mm -hmm. he didn't have any creativity. Did you have any experiences where you dated someone who was like that? And then you just felt like over time, you didn't really have anything in common. And that was one of the major driving issues. I think that's what happened to me before I started dating people specifically Mm. that were creative because I was growing up still and I was in my 20s but I so I needed a lot of time to see that Mm -hmm. but I I had like three pretty serious relationships one right after the other Mm -hmm. in my early to mid 20s and they all weren't creative people first and and it's not only that they weren't creative like I said like the guy who like does pottery or whatever but Mm -hmm. is in finances and then but will probably do pottery forever it's like Mm -hmm. that's very cool to me it's not that you have to have a job in the creative field but I just think being a human it's just 
creativity is the lifeline of the world. That's yeah. how our world works. Mm-hmm. And if you're not like tapped into something, like one thing even, and you don't even have to do it all the time. Like my sister's husband is in baseball, but mm-hmm. he loves playing the drums. He'll like get up early and play the drums. Yeah. Thankfully, they're like the silent drums, you know, (laughs) but he was even like staying at my parents house. He brought his like little practice like thing. I don't even know what it is, but it's like that's his little thing, you know, and he has his old like workout life too and his Mm -hmm. job, but like he loves playing the drums. And so if you don't have something like that, it's very hard for me to connect with you. Mm -hmm. And if you just because I think it's I don't know. It's a lot of things, but I think it's just a huge part of life. I agree. And I think it really shows when somebody has a passion like that. I think that's really important and it kind of rounds them out as a person. Mm -hmm. And I will say there's a period where I was diving into dating when I was like newer to the apps and I didn't really understand that burnout was a thing. And because Mm. work was so busy at the time and then that took up so much time. And I'm also a social person. I just wasn't feeding that creative side of myself. And I kind of had to take a step back and realize this is not good for you. You need an outlet to express yourself and something that you're diving into and just to foster your hobbies to grow as a person, honestly. So I do feel like that really shows a lot in terms of someone's other side and like a depth to them. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so I think to answer your question, just to finish, yeah, I did go through that, but mm-hmm. like not for long and for long. Like I went yeah. through a whole period where I didn't date people like that. And then I finally realized I was like, oh, and obviously other things weren't working about it too. Mm-hmm. But like, I was like, this isn't working. Yeah. Like I need to go the opposite way. And then I went the opposite way and found out it truly is about the person, yeah. which is great. Yeah. But at the same time, there's these sort of fundamental things there that I actually I'm not going to see the guy again, the flight attendant, because I was like, you've just fundamentally are just a different person. And I see it sort of come up again in my life. And I just have moved on from it. And it's great that you can recognize that early on, just based on your past experiences. You don't really have to go through the same, I don't want to say mistakes, but the same experiences that didn't necessarily work out once. Yeah, because they're not bad people at all. And I really liked him. Mm -hmm. And it, it was definitely a bummer. But at the same time, I was like, I've just moved on. Like, I'm not that person that wants those things anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We all grow and our needs and desires change. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I guess you mentioned when you do date creatives, especially people who might be actors themselves, one issue is competition, Mm -hmm. potentially. Do you have any other issues that tend to be common to people who work in the entertainment field that you've come across? Definitely burnout, like you talked about with dating, mm-hmm. but like a burnout or like a bitterness to the towards the industry mm-hmm. or towards their job or whatever. Um, and I think that's just a personality trait as well that they could have towards a certain aspects of life, but it comes out in their yeah. career because this career is not for the faint of heart and or anything related to this career is not for the faint of heart, <laughs> even as yeah. you, I'm sure, can relate. And and especially when you are someone like me who I have to run my whole business and be the artistic creative person that I am. And they have to always yeah. completely, not always, but almost all the time meld together and go hand in hand. That is mm-hmm. not for everyone. And I know yeah. that it is for me because I love putting both of those things together and I love both of those aspects and I love learning more about both of those aspects and becoming better. And there's always something I can do to be better or to do more or whatever, which 
which is obviously insanely exhausting and comes along with a lot of different things that you have to learn to be <laughs> like yeah. learn how to take a pause all that stuff mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but I think yeah just once you start to even feel a little bit bitter you gotta take a step back or take a break or mm-hmm. whatever because it's just like cancer it's just like it will keep feeding and feeding and feeding yeah I mean, do you feel like having someone who can really empathize with what you're going through rather than just sympathize? I know there is the potential for you to experience burnout, but do you feel like sometimes it is a positive driving factor? Like maybe they just inspire you to do more than maybe you would otherwise. I think that's what I'm looking for still. Um, And I think that's mainly what I mean about the person as opposed to them being whatever job they're doing. Like I would love for... I haven't even met this guy, of course, but like for this guy, Mm -hmm. like who's in medical school to be able to sort of help me do more of that, even if it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean they understand fully what I'm going through or whatever. But like Mm -hmm. they in their own way and in their own passion and right understand the need to have a pause, the need to like move through a burnout, the need to move through bitterness and help the other person to do that when they're, you know, feeling down and vice versa. So I think I'm still looking for that. And would that's definitely a goal. Yeah, that's so hard to find. I feel like, you know, when you're looking for that, you really have to be lucky enough to find someone who's kind of done that work and self-reflection that would allow them to have that mindset. I think that if you're just kind of going through the motions, then you're not going to be as aware of that and as cognizant of what you need to do in order to feel that way. So it's really tough to find, honestly. (laughs) We're doing it though, girl. We're we're getting there. We're climbing that motherfucking ladder. We are doing it. (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. Well, I feel like, you know, actually, I want to dive further into your date tonight and kind of just how you've been meeting guys in quarantine. Mm -hmm. But first, I wanted to just take a quick break because we've been talking about all of the difficulties that are posed by dating. And so one of them is the comfort that you sacrifice when you're meeting someone who's essentially a complete stranger off of an app. There's nothing natural about that. And so I'm really excited to talk briefly about foreplay, which provides the opportunity to bring a wingman or wingwoman with you on a double date to help alleviate that awkwardness and focus on what online dating should be about, which is making connections and having fun. So you can download foreplay from the App Store or Google Play if you're curious, because foreplay always makes dating better, no matter what. So that being said, how did you meet this guy who you're going out with tonight? Yeah. Also, can't wait to try foreplay. Hello, game right? changer. I'd never heard of anything like that before. I'm. It's so unique. And my best friend and I actually talk all the time about how we want to meet like two best friends and then just like yes. date and then just have like the best life ever together. <laughs> and go on Honestly, trip. that is my dream. dream. Like. If my future boyfriend can just be friends with my friend's boyfriends, that would be the best. Oh, my God. So great. Because then they have, like, because me and my best friend, we are, like, already life partners. So we're, like, we don't need life partners. We need, like, the guy Mm -hmm. in that role and all that stuff that they do. They don't need to feed our Mm -hmm. lives. We're already good on our own. And then with each other, you guys need to have that with each other. And then we can just, like, be, like, great people for each other as opposed to, like, this lifeline, you know? Yeah. And okay, not to digress too far into this, but I dated someone for a while who, I mean, suffice to say, didn't really get along with my friends that well. It was the worst. And I'm like, I can't go through that again. No, that's so bad. And it's the worst to be on the opposite end too, where like, you're like, this guy? (laughs) (laughs) 
really like oh you're bringing him like, no it's cool. so great when you like your friends boyfriends or husbands or whatever oh my god yeah. again game changer yeah i've been really fortunate in that most of my close friends probably all of them i really like all their oh, boyfriends. that's so, so i'm like good. so proud of them i'm like you guys are picking wonderful <laughs> men good job <laughs> that's amazing love that yeah so you're asking how i was meeting people is that what you asked yeah, um, I guess kind of diving into the fact that you have a date tonight. Like, who is this guy? How did you meet? How long have you been talking? I know. It's like, I also want to say, like, for me at least, and I think it is for a lot of people, dating is like auditions. You'll have like three a week, three auditions a week. Yeah. And then you'll be like a yeah. month and you don't have one, which is just so mm-hmm. sad. And you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? <laughs> And then, like, so specifically for quarantine, I did a couple Mm -hmm. of, like, the FaceTime dates and the Zoom dates, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm down with those, for sure. I mean, it's definitely nice to, like, have an introduction before you actually meet, Mm -hmm. especially during this time. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely fear out there. So you don't, like, waste your whole night. You know what I mean? Yes, exactly. So I'm down with that. None of them worked out for me in the end to, like, keep dating. But I think those were on the apps. So then... (laughs) As I told you, I re- re-downloaded Hinge when I was in Colorado because yes. I was like, I'm going to be here for a month. Why not? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And this guy was a flight attendant, so it had the possibility of me seeing him. You know what I mean? As opposed Absolutely. to just being like, we're just going to fuck here. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is fine as well, obviously. Yeah. Okay. So that was on an app. And again, I would say that's the fourth time, I think, in two years that I've re-downloaded Hinge. Just because you just go through just these whole emotional roller coasters with these fucking apps. Because I personally do not like them. Um, Even though I've met a ton of people on apps and probably Mm -hmm. would meet less than half the amount of people I meet if I didn't have an app. But sometimes you just need to not have them. Because actually, I personally, I said this to one of my best friends the other day. He's a gay man and he... Um, does not feel the same way about this as I do. But I was like, mm-hmm. I do not okay. feel like I can pick on an app. Like, I cannot see through the picture. And even though there are prompts, et cetera, yeah. messages, whatever it is, if I'm going to meet, I will know in less than three seconds, though, when I see you, if I'm going to at oh, least yeah. stick around for a few hours. Like, not that we're yeah. going to be together forever, but like, mm-hmm. and then he's the opposite. It was so weird. He was like, I feel like I can see through all of these pictures. I can see through all of these How? things. It's probably what a gay thing. I think it's a gay guy <laughs> thing. I swear. Because it's yeah. like, I, when I really was thinking about it more, and then he said, well, his opposite was like, and, and then once we meet, I just don't know. It's so weird that he said it was the opposite. That's bizarre. Super huh. bizarre. I do think it's like a straight guy thing, though. I th- Not a gay mm-hmm. guy thing. I think it's a straight guy thing. And I think it's a girl mm-hmm. versus a straight guy thing where there's yeah. just this sort of disconnect in these apps. Anyway, that's a whole different story. That's true. Yeah. I met this guy that I'm going on the date with today, also on Hinge. So that's what I'm saying. I just think these like dates are like three dates and one week or a couple weeks and then like same with auditions and then you'll be like, and it's been a month and a half or it's been like five months yeah. or whatever, whatever it is with dates. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, but then I also had, I think this was two years ago, I signed up for a matchmaking service. <gasps> what? Mm-hmm. Wait. Yeah, I How told is you that? About this so, oh my gosh. Um, I signed up for a matchmaking service. I paid for three dates. Okay. That's what I paid for. That was like the base package. And I was like, I've always wanted to try this. This is cool. And they were yeah. all blind dates. Like that was their Ooh. thing. It was all blind dates. Mm-hmm. And then since then, even though I'm not paying, I think I've gone on four more. 
Because oh, I'm like so in you're their database. In the still. database. Wait, that's pretty great. So it's so funny that you mentioned that because I'm actually interviewing the founder of a matchmaking company oh, cool. in like a couple weeks. Uh-huh. And so I was talking to her about it and she's like, Yeah, one of the misconceptions is you don't have to pay if you're not ready, just you can sign up to be in our database. And I was like, oh, Wait, I'm literally doing that yeah, today. For sure. That's such a great idea. That is. No, so I've gone on I don't even know now, seven or eight dates. None of them have ever gone into a second date, to be honest with you. And I think that definitely Mm -hmm. has to do with me with the blind dating thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found that's not really for me. I don't think it's really for anybody, but I know a ton of people who met their person on a blind date. So it definitely works out. Mm -hmm. I just think for me, I need to see the person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That show sent me down a whole spiral. That show sent me down a motherfucking spiral. I was like, are you so... watching this to one of my best friends? And she's like, yeah, I knew you would be into it. And I'm not even into reality yeah. shows. I was just so interested. And obviously, I know it's a reality show. It's put mm-hmm. up, whatever, scripted in some way. But I was just so interested in the psychology of it. Same. I So all of my coworkers were obsessed with it. I started maybe like a month or three weeks after it actually started airing because I was like, I'm not going to like this. And I do watch some reality, but like, it's pretty limited. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds like trash. There's no way I'm going to like it. And finally, one of my friends, I was at her house and she just put it on. She's like, you have, you just Ugh. have to watch. And I was hooked in afterwards. In I was it. like, damn I know. It. it was one of those like till three in the morning. I was watching almost all the episodes. I was like, yes. and then the next day you're like, what the hell is wrong what am I with done? me? Oh yeah. my God. It was so good though. It like, was good. I feel like it could be a whole episode in itself, just analyzing the psychology behind all of this. Oh my those god, people. please have me on. Yes. Honestly, second episode would love to dive deeper into that, but I don't want to derail yeah, us yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask about the blind date aspect uh-huh. though, to follow up on mm-hmm. that. Did you get to give any preferences at all? Or they're like, Nope, we're just gonna set you up based on what we I think. gave preferences, but none of them were ever met. <laughs> Really? <laughs> like, wait, so like what type of preferences? Because I feel like, like there are some things that pictures. are non-negotiable. Like pictures. Oh. And well, okay, so and I will preface that with I have a very wide type. Very yeah. wide type. Mm-hmm. So it, it's very hard. And also, looks are very important to me, admittedly. Yeah. Yeah. But. I feel like they are for everyone. I know, right? Honestly. And it's just like I'm yeah. admitting it. But. I, (laughs) but they're definitely, it's so cliche, but they're definitely not the only thing. I've, you know, definitely dated people who I thought were just like so hot and then got to know them, Mm -hmm. think they're ugly AF now. Definitely dated somebody who I did, was not attracted to at all at first, wasn't even really attracted to him that much in the first month or two. Dated him, Mm -hmm. took two and a half motherfucking years to get over. So. Oh, wow. You never know. You never know. So anyway, I preface it with that, but definitely have pictures, which side note, just because it's funny. Um, <laughs> I found that my type is like, I don't know if you know what this is, but it's called Untuck It. It's like a shirt oh, brand. Yeah. Um, my yeah, type is the Untuck It models. <clears throat> and <laughs> oh, wait, wait, please explain. I know the brand, but I'm like, I don't know the models. I need a visual. <laughs> I know. I don't have my phone around me, but it's... <laughs> It's it's embarrassing. It's literally like porn to me. Like I get on the Southwest airplane because for some reason all of those magazines in Southwest have an untuck it ad. Oh my and God. first thing You're I do like when I sit down, I freaking open it up and I'm just like, oh they're and they're 
and it's it's funny too because they're all different types too like some of them are black some of mm-hmm. them are white some of them are blah, blah, blah. they're usually between like mm-hmm. 30 to 47 ish i'll say <laughs> 30 to 47 ish cool. um okay but they just like are dressed so well obviously i know it's an ad but like the they're just mm-hmm. like the clean cut even if there's a beard or whatever good yeah. looking guy just a fine body even you know what i mean like great yeah, yeah. body but like not insane yeah. just so smiley <laughs> again and ad Aww. but like just good looking faces so yeah mm-hmm. if anyone knows an untuck it model i'm looking for one yeah also <laughs> if you want a sponsor <laughs> I know, right? I'm looking for a sponsor oh too. I'm, I will, I will fucking <laughs> sell the shit out of these untuck it things. And I'm a woman. It's like selling yes. guys shirts, <laughs> or I'm selling selfless because they always have this, the the ads in the magazines. Anyway, oh my so God. I sent them pictures of untuck it guys, and I sent them pictures <laughs> of my exes. <laughs> Wait, that's pretty amazing. I feel like a lot of people would not do that. Like, and even if they are your type, I feel like the fact that you're just like accepting and self aware enough to be like, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I know. For some reason, I told my one of my best friends about this the other day, and she was like, "This is by far my favorite thing about you." I can't believe I didn't know this before, and I was like, "Yeah, it's because I've never spoken about it." So you're the second person I've told. <laughs> Wow, uh, I feel honored. <laughs> when you see these pictures, though, I'll send them to you later. You're gonna be like, "Yep, does it for me too." Just freaking yeah, does it. I can't it. wait. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, so I did that. I've gone in a few, but the cooler, the best thing that came out of that was going on blind dates, having the matchmaking experience. Cool, because I'm I'm in it for the experience. I'm in this life yeah. to have the fun. I'm here for the fun. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, I met, she's not casting anymore, but a casting director, her name is Amy D'Souza. She cast things a little bit more back in the day, like um, she cast Dodgeball. And oh, cool. um, her and I have talked, she's a matchmaker now, so that's how she found me, actually. Oh. Her and I have talked nice. a lot. She's sent my reel to, like, some of her friends that she still has that are in casting, all that stuff. So that's really cool. That's kind of what this town can do, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really awesome. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, it's so cool to think about matchmaking as like this nice supplemental way to get dates aside from just the apps, because as you mentioned, that's so exhausting. Yeah. Um, so how has your app experience differed pre-quarantine versus post-quarantine? Um, it's hard to say, like I said, because I think I, mm-hmm. I, I think I had it at the beginning of this year and then in probably February or ish i deleted it Mm -hmm. and then that was in august that i redownloaded it so Mm -hmm. it was only before quarantine that i had it and then just recently Mm -hmm. i guess it hasn't differed that much besides just the meeting up like i said with the phone and the zoom um Mm -hmm. but when i did go out with this guy in colorado we we just straight up met up like we like messaged a few times and text um sort of just took the chance i was like we have to meet outside like on a patio all that stuff Mm -hmm. so Mm-hmm. there's that but it was so nice to be able to go out yes. and like on a date because again can't say it enough i go on dates <laughs> as the thing um uh, not yeah. as like a crazy person but it's like definitely something no. that i do i love meeting people yeah. i love talking to mm-hmm. people i love going mm-hmm. out um i love having drinks i love having dinner all that stuff that's related yeah. i get it all in one night and i also yeah. am like a risk taker so i kind of like feed mm-hmm. off of that sort of like anxiety of like maybe meeting somebody and yeah. i'm romantic as well so i'm an optimistic so i'm always like it's gonna mm-hmm. work out. <laughs> this is maybe 
maybe my future husband. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's not or isn't, it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. But yeah, it was definitely nice to be able to go out with somebody. And I'm excited about this one today, too, because it's outside. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're doing Temescal, which I'm not. T- is that Ooh. how you say it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starting out really well. Um, I'm not a huge hiker, which everyone in LA mm-hmm. is. Um, and I was like, yeah. sure, I'll do this hike with you. So I'm excited to do it, though, because it's outside. And even though he's yeah. in medical school, it's great because he can get tested. So I think he got tested, like, yesterday. Oh, yeah. And they get it in, like, That's within perfect. 24 hours. So it's like, you guys, Extra we safe. can do stuff, you know? Yeah, like, let's yeah, still exactly. live. Yeah. I'm just such an extrovert, if yeah, you can't tell same. already. That I just, I mean, the first few months were really rough for me in that way. And then the months after that were even more rough because mm-hmm. I was like, wait, we're still doing this? And I'm just trying oh to be God, as yeah, responsible yeah. and as risk-free as possible. Mm-hmm. I'm still taking risks, obviously. I, it's just fucking going outside your apartment is a risk, so it's, it's true. stupid. But, it's true. like, I just can't. I mean... I just can't. I need to live still. And even if I need to form a new life and a new way of doing things, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I bought a sequined mask yesterday. <gasps> Wait. So I have a sequined mask. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I have a chain as well coming. <gasps> I'm so excited. Okay. I wanted to get a chain, and it was like 60 bucks. I was like, that's mm-hmm. that's a bit much. Like, that's a bit more than yeah. I want to spend. But yeah. I love the idea of the chain. I lost a mask I already, and know. so I definitely need it. I know, right? And I was like, okay, at first, I mean, it's been six months already, and yeah. I've just had like a black, really comfortable mask. Because mm-hmm. wear a mask, you guys, just motherfucking wear one, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Side note. But I was like, I'd wanted this sequined mask for at least a month or two. Because, yes. But I was like, I don't need to spend 30 to 40 bucks on a mask, 30 to 40 bucks on a chain. Like, get over it, Cassidy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I was just like, no we're gonna do this maybe for another year if for not ever (laughs) i am not gonna sit here with this stupid black mask that i don't love yeah also i was like since we're moving forward with this we are evolving yeah so that's true we need cute masks (laughs) that's true and i'm like i don't want to spend 60 dollars, and yet my sequined mask was 20 dollars. i got another mask that hasn't come yet that was like 25 dollars. so oh nice you know you just gotta invest it's it's a major accessory at this point. And I exactly. get a lot of compliments on that mask. It is a conversation <laughs> starter. I'm sure. They're just going to be everywhere. I love the mask thing now. I mean, at first it was like, oh, this is so annoying. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, we're humans. We we are we are having to evolve right now. May mm-hmm. as well like enjoy it as much as possible. Like, get yeah. the fucking sequin mask. Okay. And my chain is a di- has daisies on it. I seriously can't like. Wait, oh my that's god. That's so cute. Oh my god. I said I'll send you the store. It's yes. So it's made in LA. So sustainable, blah, 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 all that stuff. Love that. So one other side note about masks, I think one interesting thing is that going forward, people are going to have to be a lot more expressive with their eye contact in order to flirt. And that's something that I can struggle with sometimes. Like I am an extrovert. I feel like when it comes to like making the first move with guys or like letting guys know I'm interested, that can sometimes get daunting if I'm in my head. Depends, you know, maybe if I've had a couple Mm -hmm. drinks, that changes. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's like a whole new art form we have to learn in terms of flirting now. (laughs) Like I can't just smile at someone. Like it's not that easy. Like I have to maintain eye contact. What if you just did like the take down the mask thing? Like... (laughs) Looking at the person taking out your mask, like, smile, cute, and then, like, put it back on. Oh, my God. This is stupid. I can't. That's, like, the ultimate risk. It's, like, wow, she took down her mask for me. (laughs) 
That has to be the title of this episode. Yeah. Wow, she took down her mask. <laughs> It's like the new taking off of a bra. It's like she let her take off. I mean, it's <laughs> metaphorical as well. I mean, let's just get into it. It is. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know about the eye thing. I just, I think, I think it's definitely, obviously, this whole year is breaking down so many barriers, or hopefully, for a bunch of people in every way, mm-hmm. in literally every way. Twenty twenty, she came for all of us and is still coming. <laughs> she came for all of us. No, pers- she keeps all coming too. Taken, yeah, it's a snowball. Yeah, but I think it's just a verbal thing for sure. Yeah, it has to be more outspoken now. You're right. Yeah, you just kind of have to be unafraid to strike up a conversation. Yeah, that's good that you do though with guys because I actually kind of like how I was not dating anybody purposefully who's creative, then mm-hmm. vice versa, et cetera, et cetera. I was like only pursuing guys for like I let's say twenty four years of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you want, you're going for it. Which is just so funny to look back on and makes so much sense and tracks very well. <laughs> very much so on brand for me then once I was like oh this isn't like super super working out I mean obviously Mm -hmm. it's the type of guys that I was going for because there are plenty of guys who love that yeah I just kind of for the last few years have been a little bit I would hate to even say working on but I don't know Mm -hmm. how else to say it but working on like stepping back a little bit kind of like letting it happen a little Mm -hmm. bit more not hitting it so hard (laughs) um (laughs) metaphorically and physically but um (laughs) (laughs) key caveat <laughs> but still hitting it a little and um I I don't I guess I don't have enough perspective to say if it's like really working out for me mm-hmm. but I've I've definitely found the good in in having a little bit of both yeah yeah I follow this dating advice blogger. His name is Matthew Hussey. Would recommend him yeah, to any. Yeah, He's yeah, so yeah. great. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he has so many great tidbits. And one of them is how relationships are kind of like a seesaw. And so that can be at any stage of a relationship. It's like yeah. you give a little bit, but then you can't just like be the one giving everything. You also have to not be simply waiting for the other person to push things forward. Like you have to wait for them to push forward and then you kind of push forward in return. And that's the only way that things are going to like keep momentum. Otherwise it just comes to a standstill. Yeah, I agree. So there's like this whole principle as well. I can't remember his name, but it was, I think it was Mark something um, that I, he's a different dating quote unquote expert. Who mm-hmm. the fuck is a dating expert? Seriously. Yeah. I feel like we Very are maybe, bold. but yeah, exactly. <laughs> dating expert. Like, okay, great. Which school did you go to? <laughs> but I sort of subscribed to his views for a little bit mm-hmm. of being like totally laid back if you're in a straight relationship. Like mm-hmm. girl, totally laid back. Like mm-hmm. obviously if they reach out to you and you want to reach back out to them, mm-hmm. obviously reciprocate. Mm-hmm. But never for like the they're even saying like a year but especially for six months don't reach out to the other to the guy first ever wait 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 yeah like super strong and i have a friend she went on a blind date is married to the guy now Uh she said the same exact thing she was like for the first year i don't think i text him once first or like made plans first like it was i was always reciprocating but And she was like, when I said that to him later, when we brought it up and we were already together, he was like, yeah, I know. So that's why I was always texting you because I was always wondering what you were doing. Wow. I don't know. I don't, again, I don't have enough perspective on it because I, again, am not that person either. I won't just like sit around, but I've been trying to do a little bit of both. And then one of my best friends was like, yeah, but Cassidy, do you ever think you're going to actually find the person that you're supposed to be with, with you not doing that? 
And I was like, you're right, because that's not who I am. Yeah, that's true. I feel like you do have to really be true to yourself. And the hardest thing about taking advice is that everyone will give you different advice based on their own experience. And even just doing this podcast, I feel like, you know, I have friends with a wide range of opinions. And that's kind of how I selected people is that I didn't want the same opinion over and over. That would be a really boring podcast. So I kind of listen back and I'm like, oh, okay, like this totally makes sense. And this worked for this person. But then someone else has a totally opposite perspective, but that also worked for them. So I guess it's kind of just like, okay, how do I figure out which advice actually aligns with myself so that I'm being authentic? Because I think that's when you get the best results. Yeah. And and I I totally agree. And I also think it changes with whoever you're dating or trying to pursue or be Mm -hmm. pursued by too, because whatever worked for the last person you were dating, even if that worked for you, might not work for this person. Mm -hmm. But you still obviously have to be true to yourself. Because I definitely do think there are guys out there that have been taught to be like very aggressive. I'm the Mm -hmm. person that should be asking for your number. I'm the person that should be asking for this and this and this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, when I was growing up, I literally said all the time, I was like, if I wanted to marry a guy, I think I would just ask him. I think that I would be that. stupid for me to just sit around and wait. Obviously, I was like a kid when I was saying that, but that's like the epitome of me. I'm like, oh, you're nervous to do this? I'll just do it. I don't care. I love that. I love that the childhood version of you said that because I feel like, <laughs> especially when we're younger, I mean, depending on what you grew up with in terms of like entertainment and values, I feel like everything yeah. just says the opposite of that, you know, that yeah. it's like, this romanticized thing for the man to do the pursuing. And so it's really cool that you were like, no, fuck that. Like, I don't need to follow that at all. I did. I did. Like I said, I definitely learned to take the foot off the gas a little bit Mm -hmm. because coming in too strong on anybody is not super, super cute. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, that's definitely who I am. Wow. So who asked who out for tonight's date? I think he asked me. I'm still subscribing to the layoff, at least to mm-hmm. begin with. Not yeah. layoff in like, I don't know how else to say it, but just like let it happen a little bit, mm-hmm. at least for the first date, if not for the first week or so or whatever. Yeah. Until I like really fill out. Because I do also, being true to myself, want a guy who is similar to me in that way, yeah. who will do that. Mm-hmm. you know. And, and since society has already sort of spelled it out for us in a mm-hmm. straight relationship, that mm-hmm. that is, quote unquote, what the guy does, yeah. I feel like it's easier for girls like me to just sort of let that at least first bit happen. Yeah. And then we can sort of be ourselves a little bit, totally. be ourselves a little bit more later. Yeah. But like I said, I, I do want someone who's a little bit more aggressive in that way anyway and wants to ask me out. So I just kind of let it happen right now. Yeah, I like that too. And I do feel like there is something to be said about like letting yourself open up once you feel comfortable with someone. But yeah, like mm-hmm. I need to know that someone is really interested before that's going to happen. Yeah. And so... And to be able to take a risk. Like mm-hmm. if even if I'm going to say no, I mean, obviously I'm probably not going to say no very much. If I've already like matched with you on it on an app, we've mm-hmm. been just talking for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if I were to say no, that would be really weird. And like I said, I'm sure there are girls who say no even after that yeah. or just are flaky or whatever. Yeah. But I personally am not going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to meet you if I've already seen your pictures and all that yeah and so for you to be able to like take a risk is real it's not even that big of a risk either but to be able to like step out just put your foot out just put your hat in the ring yeah like see what happens is definitely really important to me because it's a big fundamental part of who I am yeah and it's just really attractive we'll see we'll see I try to as best as I can especially with first dates since I have so much experience Mm -hmm. of first dates to lower my expectations not in the sense of lower my standards Mm -hmm. or desire 
desires, but lower my expectations. I feel like that too. Yeah, and not just be like, oh my God, it's going to be whatever it's going to be. I'm just like looking to meet someone really cool who I'm attracted to, who's attracted to me, where we have good chemistry Mm -hmm. and want to see each other again and have a good time. Yeah. That's literally all it is. I know I made a joke about maybe meeting my future husband on a first date. That is not how (laughs) I feel. I promise. You're like, wait, wait, take it back. Let me backtrack. No, but I totally agree. And I think part of that is because we have gone on a lot of first dates because if you are like, oh my God, this is my first first date in a year, of course there are going to be bigger expectations and more buildup. But I feel like, I don't know, when you kind of have come to terms with the fact that it's like, this is us getting to know each other. I don't know if I even have any chemistry with this person. I might not click with them for any number of reasons. So it's just an introduction. Then it really takes the pressure off. Yeah, because on the opposite end, and I've been there plenty of times before too, where you're like super into the person, really Mm -hmm. hoping it goes well, and then it doesn't. It's just like such a letdown. It really is. And I feel like, so one interesting thing, kind of going back to the FaceTime dating, I have a friend and she was a guest on this podcast, Megan Ladd, and she said that before she met her now husband, she would not meet up with anyone before FaceTiming them. And this was years before quarantine. Mm. So she was ahead of the curve. And I thought about that and I was like, that makes... I think I heard you say that. I think I was listening to this. Yeah. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Like everything that Mm -hmm. she's saying, it's just like in terms of not wasting your time, you kind of get all Mm -hmm. the small talk out of the way beforehand also. Mm -hmm. And so I did this with somebody and it wasn't even like me saying, I'm going to change this about my dating life and I'm only going to do this going forward. I just my schedule didn't match up with this guy and Mm. we kept trying to meet up. And I was like, at a certain point, I know that people lose interest when you have to reschedule a bunch of times. So I was like, I'm so sorry. I can't do this night. How about we FaceTime instead? And it's Mm -hmm. funny because it literally, we did this FaceTime like two weeks before quarantine started. So Mm. just a tad bit ahead of the curve. And then after this FaceTime, it was just so easy and the conversation flowed so well that I then was excited for the first date. And I was like, oh, that kind of like shifted how I approached this first date because usually I don't go into them nervous at all but for Mm -hmm. this first date I remember I spent more time getting ready than I sometimes do and I was Mm -hmm. just like I'm actually excited to meet him I'm like more excited for this first date than I have been for others in the past Mm -hmm. and like recently so Mm -hmm. yeah just interesting I feel like it could go both ways too because it's like I thought it was interesting that you said that you were more nervous to go because I would have thought, and I'm sure I could feel both ways too, depending on the person. I could totally see myself being more nervous because you're like, I really want it to go well now when I meet them. And it's like meeting them on FaceTime versus in person is totally different, of course. Mm -hmm. But also it could be the opposite where you're like, yay, it already went well. Mm -hmm. I'm just like so much more relaxed. It could go both ways. That's true. And I feel like the healthier version would be the latter where it's just like, (laughs) oh, that took away all the nerves. I think for myself, I'm not really nervous on first dates usually. I think I more get a little bit nervous around like, oh, now we're going on a third date because it's like, oh, I've decided that I like this guy. Whereas before it's like, oh, he needs to like impress me, whatever. But it's like, Mm. okay, once you've reached that threshold, it is kind of a turning point of like, well, where is it going to go? And I don't know. There's just something in the back of my mind that I think Mm -hmm. increases the nerves a little bit. And I think also, too, as I get older, we're both 29, Mm -hmm. things happen so much more quickly for me and my friends. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really, I think, relatable to everyone, at least our age and especially older, because you have both ends. Again, Mm -hmm. you have like the relaxed comfortability of yourself. And Mm -hmm. like, even if you don't see the person on the fifth or sixth date, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you're going to be fine. You know, you don't have that sort of like young, like, please 
that's how that worked out. Like that <laughs> yeah. attachment style, at least that I had. Yeah. But at the same time, you're like, this thing could take off yeah. in the next month. And yeah. that's totally normal. Yeah. Like not an obsessive, again, like early 20s teenage type of vibe, but mm-hmm. in the sense of being like, this is going to get serious or it's not going to get serious. And that's like where we are right now. And I I have found that people are doing that more and more in quarantine. Oh my gosh. Especially in quarantine. It's pretty Mm -hmm. crazy. Just Mm -hmm. the acceleration of relationships. Yeah. I love it in a way because it definitely has taken out a lot of bullshit. It's true. Yeah. I do feel like people are their more authentic selves and I guess also part of that has to do with the fact that you realize, I don't know, I think paradox of choice is a huge thing in dating. And I think that will always be an aspect of online dating. But one thing that quarantine has done is that it has removed it a little bit in the sense that you're not going out to the bars every weekend and potentially Mm -hmm. being like, I can meet a ton of people because there are like dozens of eligible like men or women at this bar. So Mm -hmm. I think that it at least takes away the paradox of choice in the in-person aspect. Plus, there's the fact that people are being more selective about who they're meeting up with and yeah. being more cautious in that sense. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I like I like a lot of aspects about it, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. as long as you're not doing the backslide, um, <laughs> reaching out to X thing or just <laughs> trying to be around someone because yeah. you're so lonely, like, yeah. and, and, which is totally understandable in mm-hmm. every way. And I've definitely experienced. But at the same time, you have to, like, have a little bit more of a hold of yourself. And as long as you do, I think it could be really beautiful in, in its seriousness, you know. Yeah. Also, I heard this stat. I can't remember where I heard it. Mm-hmm. But it's like double the amount of people that are dating now versus before quarantine. Really? Yeah. Like people are like, oh, my gosh. I just think it has a lot to do with humanity. You know, the fear and like the whole like, obviously, that's not what's going on. But like Mm -hmm. the end of the world thing and stuff like that. Like do your life now because who knows what's going to happen is very real for a lot of people. And I think it's been real for me for a long time. So I haven't felt Mm -hmm. that shift in myself. Yeah. But I think it has for a lot of people and I think that's a huge driving factor besides obviously the loneliness and wanting to be with somebody for that reason which obviously is a thing that needs to be broken down and hopefully changed into a much healthier way if you're experiencing that because then in the end it's just going to be even more messy once we come out of this and then you're in this relationship because you're lonely and all that stuff whatever it's so true Anytime you're making a relationship decision from a place of desperation, regardless of what that desperation is started from, that's never going to be a recipe for success, in my opinion. It's not in my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, same. Honestly, same. (laughs) Like, been there, done that, not doing it again. Yeah, learned a lot, learned a lot. My gosh. That's what it's great, though, about, like... I have a lot of sometimes like my monkey brain goes and my negativity can Mm -hmm. come in as does with everybody. And I wrote down yesterday like something about love Mm -hmm. because I'm uh, reading this book that is one part was talking about. I can't remember what she called it, but something like tennis, Mm -hmm. where it's like once this negative thought comes in your mind, have things like lines laid out for you, like by your bed, even in your phone, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you know exactly what you're going to like hit it back with like tennis. I love that. And like know it so deeply and have it be so personal for you that Mm -hmm. it totally flips your brain back around once you have that negative thought pop in. And I I wrote down one thing about love was like love is teaching me, love is always (laughs) teaching me to be my better self. Like Mm -hmm. love is always making me be my best self. And I think it does for a lot of people. That's amazing. And I love that strategy of just being proactive about how you're going to respond to yourself when you're in this headspace because depending on the headspace you're in sometimes you can act or feel like a totally different person 
Yeah. It kind of, okay, this is such a silly example. And so I don't want to diminish the validity of what you're saying as advice. But I recently rewatched The Office in quarantine. I feel like who didn't? And it kind of reminds me of like when Michael had Aaron like record a message from him in the future of like, if Holly's engaged, play this one. And if she is not engaged, play this one. And it's kind of like just preparing your future self based on a message from your present self, hopefully in a more productive and logical way Mm -hmm. than what The Office did depicted but I think that's a great idea yeah I I loved the idea I I wrote down like a few different things and she was like Mm -hmm. you know having whatever to deal with whether whether it's your job your health Mm -hmm. your finances love whatever well I feel like that's a great transition into self-image just because you know we talked about what it's like to date when you are coming from a place of like desperation or maybe negativity and I feel like self-image can play into that a lot and I kind of want to figure out For you, have you had any experience working in entertainment specifically where you've noticed that your career has had the potential to impact your self-image in a way that other careers might not? I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How how much time do you have? I mean, being an actor, like, if you're going to be an actor and, and really do it and work, it's almost... I say this all the time, but like every lesson I learned that's a life lesson Mm -hmm. is an industry lesson. Every industry lesson is a life lesson. They go hand in hand for me. And a lot about being an actor, at least in my experience, is Mm -hmm. a ton of self-work. And um, that Mm -hmm. is self-confidence to begin with. Um, I think think the biggest part for me, at least for the last seven I guess years has been um dating while having uh Mm -hmm. my quote-unquote survival jobs I don't even like (laughs) saying survival jobs or whatever but like Mm -hmm. my side jobs my whatever um specifically Mm -hmm. in LA just because I can speak to that it was very hard to go through the motions of people taking Mm -hmm. me seriously at first especially since I didn't have um Mm -hmm. any sort of credits and so the question is always, oh, what have you been in or yeah. whatever? And, you know, when you don't have that, it's just like, yeah. you know, it's coming and it's just such a detriment mm-hmm. to your soul or can be yeah. at least was for me, especially when you're like at the place that you work at and you're, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. you're an actor. What have you been in? You fucking work here. Like, <laughs> clearly you're not an actor. And it's like you just oh, it's so hard to get people to understand yeah. that lifestyle if they've not yeah. been in it or dealt with it. And I definitely... I'm sure it had way more to do with me than mm-hmm. it had to do with the other people. But with dating, I definitely didn't date for at least the first mm-hmm. year that I lived here because I was like, how am I supposed to date somebody? And I feel like I'm yeah. literally yeah. worthless. Like, <laughs> because I was banking my worth and my self-confidence on my job, <laughs> which is never a good idea, no matter mm-hmm. what job you have or how it's much so money true. you're making. But I know that a lot of people feel that way too. Mm-hmm. And then even when I was like, for the past couple of years, like doing really well, mm-hmm. making f- plenty of money acting, yeah. I still have my jobs. Mm-hmm. And so I would always, it was always, I won't even say in the back of my head, in the front of my head, mm-hmm. like tiptoeing around being like, oh, and I work at blah, 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 yeah. or I do this. Because also it was such a cliche for me. Mm-hmm. And that was a big reason why I didn't want to move here. It was like, how am I going to move to LA? I'm going to have to like be a server mm-hmm. and be an actor. Like that's such a cliche. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it was actually funny. This guy that I was 
again, dating in Paris, mm-hmm. was an improver and did a, a ton of stuff like that. And he, did, I wasn't even talking to him about this, but it just popped into my mind in a conversation we were having then. He was about to teach a class that he was making on cliches. So he was getting together like a ton of different cliches and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And one thing he said to me that has always stuck with me and it made me be able to move here basically was like, yeah, cliches are cliches, sure. But cliches are cliches because they've worked and they work a lot. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to like do it I'm gonna put my pride and my ego aside and go and do these jobs I don't want to do so I can be able to do the thing that I want to do and I think that's like a huge misconception and that people don't understand that especially being an actor or a writer or a whatever Mm -hmm. like you just have those jobs like you have to have those jobs a lot Mm -hmm. of the time and then even when you have like a big job you might have to go and get a different job again that's like your side job or whatever Mm -hmm. because that's just life and it was definitely a huge hurdle huge hurdle for me to have to get over and I still work on it like daily yeah particularly with dating I can only imagine and I mean like I feel like do you ever hear things from the people who you're dating where it's like you just kind of have to correct them and say like, this is your perception, but like, let me actually explain to you how it is and like kind of educate them on the process. Sure. This is, I have two examples that are, that are sort of recent, but um, one smaller one and one bigger one, Mm but one was like, I was dating the guy that I was dating in, in uh, a long distance relationship. He said something about like being a waitress or something like that. And at the time I was a server mm-hmm. and I was like, it's just like a server. It's just your server. Yeah. <laughs> Cause he said something like waitressing, like he put an ing to it. And I was yeah. like, Oh, like first of all, I hate word waitress to begin with. Yeah. Second of all, and and I was like it's it's just it's okay if you call it serving like it's fine it just sounds like so much better yeah and especially since the place I was working at was just like it's such a nice place Mm -hmm. I made um probably as much money as he made all that stuff is there you know yeah I've made just as much money if not a ton more money as my peers have working a nine-to-five job for the past five to six years like it's just it and I worked 20 hours a week yeah um sometimes and I was like it's called serving it's just called serving and he was like okay but serving sounds better and I was like yes it does (laughs) (laughs) you're supposed to waitressing yeah Yeah. and he was a vet so I think it had a little bit to do with him being like you served in the army (laughs) whatever but on the other hand I dated somebody earlier this year who is in post he worked for kidding it's only for two seasons canceled now but He was in post and one of the things I really liked about him was that he didn't make me feel bad Mm -hmm. about having these jobs that I had. And so so I told him that and I was like, thanks for not making me feel bad about having these jobs or weird. You know, he was like, well, I'm kind of just like a glorified PA as well myself right now. (laughs) So that was cool to have on like both ends where he's like had a full time job, Mm -hmm. but still was probably making just as much money as I was making at one job. Yeah, (laughs) And I had like two sort of side jobs and then I was still had had commercial running earlier this year so basically I had three incomes at that time so it's just like kind of like lifting up that rock Mm -hmm. and showing all the things that are underneath it you know yeah that's awesome it is really great that you got to have that opposite experience where someone was so empathetic and supportive yeah and I think at this point the next thing that I want moving on is that I just like don't want it to matter yeah exactly because it it really shouldn't make money however you want to make it and I totally 
as I do with a lot of things that go along with what is said about acting in the acting world in LA specifically, Mm -hmm. I totally understand why somebody wouldn't want to date someone who's like got that actor or whatever Mm -hmm. combo that they have Mm -hmm. because there are so many of them, especially if you're meeting them online, you're like, I I have it myself. Mm -hmm. I'm totally guilty of it myself. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to either. Um, But I think if you're interested in that person or if it's a possibility, I think it really just has to do with getting down to who that person is. Mm -hmm. Because if you were to meet me, and I don't even have those jobs right now, I'm doing something else, but if you were to meet me during those times and get to know me, Mm -hmm. obviously you would know who I am, which is a fucking great person. (laughs) You can't (laughs) tell already. (laughs) (laughs) Just spell it out real. And then you would know like how hard I work yeah. and all the, the time and energy that I put into it and how it always pays off for me yeah. and has in the past and will in the future and all that stuff. And believe me, if I am going to get married in the next few years, whatever it means, even if they're making double the amount of money that I will have, I will for sure have a prenup on my own oh. accord as well. Well, yes, I'm all about that, honestly. <laughs> so... Things change, you guys. Things change. Yeah, yeah, things change. And I do feel like, you're, to your point, the work ethic is what matters. You know, it's like you can have yeah. someone who has a great career, but honestly, like, isn't really putting in that much work and that could come for them later on. So as long as someone sure. has the hustle, I think that's what's the most important. Yeah, and I think that's important to call out too, because whether somebody, like, well, I'm just talking about actors, because that's what I know the best, mm-hmm. is like, on a show right now Mm -hmm. or doing a movie right now like obviously that seems really appealing it seems like they're doing well but once that job ends guess what they're gonna be unemployed again yes you just have to keep it going and I think it's so easy for people to lose motivation honestly in any career like I've seen my peers or even people above me get complacent and it's never a good look because you just really (laughs) never know what's gonna happen and like people are paying attention to that even if you feel like you've made it yeah, for sure. And then, like I said, again, on the flip side of being like, you do not know what's going to happen. I I know you love this, too, but mm-hmm. like I take Michelle Obama as such a great oh, yes. example. <laughs> we love My you. heart. She's the best. Um, she said one time, I wish I had the direct quote, but she said something like, girls, don't be afraid of like the guy who doesn't have that much money, yeah. who like sits in his apartment and reads and doesn't have like the big title job is whatever or whatever, mm-hmm. because you never know. <laughs> like clearly, like yeah. he could be the president of the United oh. States. He could be motherfucking Obama. So, so. aspirational. <laughs> Oh my Again, God. the validity of the opposite, too, where you're just like, mm, but are you just what a guy who sits in your bed? It's like, you really have to figure that out. Like, take take the clues. Like, take all the context sure. clues you can to figure out. Sure. Is, the, is he an Obama then, or just a bum? <laughs> that's another, that's the episode, too. Is he an Obama <laughs> or a blank, blank, blank? Um, no, but again, and this is the last thing I'll say about this, too, but just seeing the person, that's what's going to carry you through. If you're going to have a great relationship in life that's mm-hmm. going to last even if it doesn't last your whole life, it's going to last 10 to 20 years, whatever, if you want it to last that long, it totally has to deal with the person. Mm -hmm. Because no matter what job you have, whether you're creative or not, whatever, you could get laid off, you could get in a bad accident, you could, all that stuff, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So I know it has a lot of weight on it being here in LA specifically, because there are so many people Mm -hmm. like me, but yeah if you want something really special you just have to find a really special person that you meld with it's just as simple as that yeah that's so true people are more than their job title (laughs) yeah 
Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I'm sure you get that as well, too, though, being like, oh, I work in marketing and in the entertainment industry. So even you just saying that, their brain probably like explodes with tons of questions mm-hmm. and like tons of biases and things like that. And yeah. you have said more than anybody that you feel like you have a normal job. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think there is this misconception about a how glamorous it is or what you're doing on the day to day. And yeah, I just feel like everyone has their misconceptions about every job. Like there are just stereotypes across the board for every type of career. Knowing that I've experienced that, I can only imagine how much more it can be experienced for a career field that is so high profile and that I keep using this word that people think is very glamorous. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it just helps to remind me like, you don't really know what someone's life is until you've gotten to actually like date them and like see what their day to day is like and hear from their mouth. Yeah, I think a big word is misconception, at least for my life and Mm -hmm. career, like they're just a billion misconceptions that you could have Mm -hmm. especially depending on where you come from if your family is involved in entertainment industry Mm -hmm. aspect if you grew up around any of that if you do you know what i mean like so many things so it can definitely be difficult but i did realize too when i was in colorado that i was like these are all like mountain men like Like, they're all mountain men. <laughs> like, what you, when you think of a mountain man, that's what they are. Yeah. Like, and then I was like, oh, that's so interesting to see. And then coming back here and being like, oh, wow, I really prefer this. <laughs> Even though there's definitely, like, the annoying people that are just, like, phone in front of the mirror and, like, taking a oh. picture of, like, their fucking chest and abs and, like, looking down even, like, looking at the picture. Like, yeah. at least look up. At, at least, least show your face. At least pretend Jesus. you're interested in the person who's looking at this picture and not just yourself. Come on. So there's that, and there's the whole like all the bullshit here too. But yeah. I definitely prefer that I, just because I'm not that person. I'm not someone who wants to live in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mountain woman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure I can go on hikes, but I'm not down for the camping and the fishing and the the, 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 yeah. the, the snow. So it's it's definitely good. It's good to find your footing. It is. It is. So one other thing that I wanted to talk about in listening to your podcast, I remember you had an episode where you really dove into how your self image was kind of like pushed back upon by your agency. And I don't want to like put any words in your mouth of how the experience went down. But essentially, Mm -hmm. like you cut your hair, your hair is beautiful, your hair is amazing. And (laughs) there was some concern about how that look would translate how it would impact Mm -hmm. your auditions. And Mm -hmm. I feel like the self assuredness that you demonstrated in that story was really aspirational. And I feel like self-image, even when your career isn't centered around your image, is already something that I think we can struggle mm-hmm. with as women. And the fact that like it's so much more tied to like people's impression of you and your field, I would love to hear about any advice that you have for like how you ensure that others' opinions of you don't in- like actually impact your own self-confidence and the decisions that you make about your body or your look. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was so nice. I have a lot. But mainly it's just getting hit like that Mm -hmm. over and over again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then deciding to get back up every time or, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's a major choice to just choose yourself Mm -hmm. like and how you think it's going to be best for you. And 
also be okay with being wrong later yeah. mm-hmm. and also just especially in this industry like trying it out like right mm-hmm. now my hair is blonde mm-hmm. i had black hair my whole life and then i always wanted to dye it blonde yeah. just for fun to see how it was but then i also wanted to do it you know to see if it would change anything yeah. about my jobs and things like that mm-hmm. and it's hard to tell obviously right now since there's just so much less mm-hmm. but i also like it right now yeah. so i'm most likely gonna keep it i actually have pictures next week so i'm keeping Ooh. it for now mm-hmm. i told my manager i was like this means that legitimately i have to be in all caps a star to be able to pay for this to be done every <laughs> month because my hair goes so quickly yes. <laughs> the roots are like so long after like four weeks yeah but I was like, I mean, and that's fine. I'm just putting it out there. This is how it's going to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I need to be making You're the in. money, You're you guys. Committing. <laughs> You're committed. And I also just think in those specific moments, seeing the energy of the room mm-hmm. and seeing in that example, I said to him, I was like, okay, but what about the callback that I had like mm-hmm. a week ago? Mm-hmm. And it was specifically for that look etc etc and also i saw that commercial later and it was the girl that i was partnered with that booked it so i was very close yeah and then he he just like made up some like excuse or he just said whatever he wanted to say to that and i was like that's not legitimate like yeah again it just goes back to me taking the amount of time that i've taken to build up that confidence Mm -hmm. and work as well and have like legitimate results yeah and then also being able to move forward i was like okay so that's fine if you want to be that way but i'm moving forward and i'm evolving because i'm a human Mm -hmm. and i'm allowed to do that Mm -hmm. and i don't want to be what i was anymore and even just one job or a couple of jobs or a little bit of money how much ever money whatever is not gonna hold me back from like becoming more of myself and becoming what I want Mm -hmm. to be. I hate that it's even about that. Yeah. Like I hate that now I've just been toying with blonde hair and then like, is it gonna change everything? Do Mm -hmm. do I need to go back to black? Like blah, blah, blah. And one thing one of my friends said to me was like, girl, you're gonna do it no matter what the hell hair Mm -hmm. color you have, what the hell long or short hair you have, like you're gonna do it. And that specifically has to do with commercials for sure. Mm -hmm. Your look matters. 100% 100% more than it does in TV and things like that because lots mm-hmm. of TV is wigged anyway wigged or extensions or whatever it yeah. is but at the same time I just like it and I just am kind of sick of of holding myself back in any way mm-hmm. to not have the desires that I want to have yeah. you know and I think that's especially during this time been a big thing for everybody mm-hmm. but even for me who I, I do feel like I follow my heart and my gut no matter what yeah. but even now more so and I'm just like this is what I want to do right now and if it's wrong I can go back yeah or if I don't think it's working out I'm gonna give it some time and do like an experiment and then you know I can go back or I can change it again or whatever so I think and I also meditate every single day oh. and I cannot recommend that enough I love that. <laughs> for every single human but I guess especially actors because you have to be so grounded. Do you do it in the morning? Do you do it at night? Both? I wish that I could say I was more consistent about when I did it mm-hmm. because it's definitely better. I try to do it in the morning, but sometimes, depending on where I am, depending yeah. on what's going on, I can't. And I've also tried to up it lately. Like mm-hmm. I used to do 10 minutes consistently, and now I'm trying to do 20 to 30 every wow. day. That's awesome. So sometimes I can't tell like the afternoon or the night or anything. But again, I think science has definitely shown that it helps to do it more consistently yeah. at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. But I don't have that lifestyle either. Yeah. And sometimes I do feel really great when I do it at night or the afternoon. It kind of gives me like a 
another push. Yeah. And they say that you should do it in the morning because like you're thinking about way less. But I'm like, I am the opposite. Like I get up and I'm like, I'm like ready to go. My mind is racing. I also dream a lot. And so I feel like I just Mm. start off in a very like elevated state of my mind being someplace usually very random. Um, So I feel the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. I remember a lot of my dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's not to say that probably meditating in the morning would help Mm -hmm. calm that down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But like sometimes I don't want it to. Sometimes I'm like ready to go. I want to do this, 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 this. And then once I've done some of those things, I want to take like my afternoon or nighttime or whatever and sort of reflect on everything or just let it go. Yeah. And I feel like that makes sense because as great as it can be to set a routine, sometimes you need to break that routine just based on what your body or your mind is telling you. So yeah. And I just... I'm consistent in a lot of things, but I don't have that consistent schedule of what I do. And so making myself have like a rigorous thing every day just doesn't work for my life. Yeah. You just have to, you know, follow what's best for you in that moment. And I think that applies to everything. Yeah. And kind of that's the the exact answer uh, to your question too, of just being like, what do I feel in this moment? Do I feel good? Do I feel bad? Like how, you know, I can't say it enough, being okay with being wrong later and trying it and being wrong, but also knowing in the moment, it's hard. Specifically with dating and relationships, I've had so many relationships that I was like, this is Mm -hmm. the one, this is the Mm -hmm. one. Like I'm in love with this person. I wanna be with them forever. Mm -hmm. And then like years later, I'm like, oh my God, thank (laughs) God that didn't happen. But I was taught growing up, not necessarily by my family, Mm -hmm. but maybe even just by society. Like when you know, you know. Like when you know, you know. People still and I'm say like, that. I know, I know, I get yeah. it. You know, and I, I, yeah, people do say that, and I totally understand what they mm-hmm. mean. And I think that when I know, I will know. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was like totally, totally backtracked there. <laughs> but I think I had to like go through a ton of stuff first to know. Yeah, yeah. And some people don't, I guess. I do have a friend who's like been with this person. So they, the only person they've ever wow. been with, fifteen years oh. old. They're like in their mid thirties now. All that yeah. stuff totally happens but she's the one that's coming to me all the time asking me about my stories and like dating and sex and all that stuff so and I'm really glad that I have had so much time to myself and been able to cultivate myself and date a lot of people and meet a lot of people and do whatever I want to do because that's just me same and I think there's something so valuable in that I feel like I have always had a lot of time to reflect on who I am being an only child you have a lot of time to yourself but I think that's important (laughs) as an adult also and I think that it's been so great to just have these experiences where you learn oh I really liked this aspect of this relationship and I need more of that in my life going forward and this is a non-negotiable like I definitely can't have this so yeah I think there are definitely benefits to not necessarily meeting the person right away like there's benefits either way honestly like if you meet the person right away you don't have to go through all the bullshit but if you don't then there's a lot of growth that can happen and reflection and you also have a lot of great stories so Exactly. I was going to say, like, if I would have, I would have nothing to write about. (laughs) Exactly. This podcast wouldn't exist. So, (laughs) well, Mm -hmm. this has been amazing. I do want to end with a game. And so the game I wanted to pick out for you 
it's actually tailored to you because your podcast, yeah. like you mentioned, it's about an actress in the middle of her success. And so uh-huh. this game is Would You Rather, and it's actor-based, but it's like, would you rather have this actor when they're early on in their career, or would you rather have him now that he's like established and older? Oh. For myself, I as that. I was like picking the scenarios, I was like, wow, I'm really boring because I always pick the actor present day. And I think that honestly just has to do with the fact that like, I don't know, a baby face is not quite as much for me and like the just aesthetic wise. No, so maybe yeah. you'll feel the same. A freaking chisel jaw can oh, go a long way with chisel me. Chisel jaw me get and in that the jaw. facial hair. Because I feel like facial hair has more of a moment now than it did like maybe in the 90s. So mm-hmm. yeah, for me it was... Mm-hmm. I prefer like a medium. I'm not a huge beard person or like definitely mm-hmm. not a mustache person. But they've got like a little yes. bit and it's like tailored together, like really yes. nicely groomed. Oh, I'm the nicely like, groomed Aww. is key. Yeah, not like a full mountain man beard, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All yeah. right, well, let's see if maybe you have any. Okay, but I'm, hopefully I'll know what yeah, they all look like. I think you or would. Remember. I think I picked like ones that are more okay. common. Okay, so first one, okay. Will Smith in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or in I, okay. Robot. I Robot for Same. sure, hundred percent. He's kind of like, like, let alone just his yeah. style. I'm a yes. huge style person, which is why I love the Untuck It guys. <laughs> the call out again, bring it back. Yeah, Will Smith and Fresh Prince <laughs> is like too goofy. I also loved I Robot. Such so a good movie. Helps. That's so good. Yeah, for some reason I loved it then, and it was. I, I'll even watch it now. I think it was like cool being like, what's mm-hmm. the future like? Um, but yeah, definitely a little too goofy yeah. for me and Fresh Prince. Mm-hmm. Great show, obviously. But I would not date the Fresh Absolutely Prince. not. I would actually. I just thought of like him on a dating app. Like I've definitely seen Fresh Prince esque oh, on these same. fucking apps, and I'm just like, absolutely Held not. Left for me. They're like, they're always the person too. That's like, if you don't like me, then like you just can go away because like I'm gonna be me no matter what. And I'm like, you do you, boo. But like, how's Honestly, that working out for you? Honestly, it's like anyone who has to be that defensive about themselves. It's like clearly you're only saying this because you've gotten some negative feedback probably and yeah i don't know yeah. you should not say you should change who you are for a stranger but no. like be a little self-reflective yeah. and self-aware just a little yeah because i definitely would say that i'm definitely a person who would say that be like if you don't like it like mm-hmm. take it or leave it guys but at the same time i'm not like just being a fucking no. whack job and like, being like <laughs> take it or leave it not changing anything <laughs> great Oof. Like, can I have a little bit of an in-between? Is there I a medium? Yeah. God, the Fresh Prince would be a nightmare to date. And you'd be on a date with him, and, like, he would just be checking out every girl that walked by. Oh, my God. I wonder if... Because was that show... That was late 90s or I, early 2000s? I think late I know, 90s, it's the same thing to me. I think. It's literally the same thing to me, late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. I think Rush Hour was on the other day, and my brother-in-law was like, "When I think this was made in 96. And I was like, me too. And my sister checked. It was like 2001. Oh. We were like, literally, yeah, it's the honestly. same thing. Even though it's not, it's the same thing. I wonder if we were dating him in the 90s, if there were dating apps, if we would think the same or different. Yeah. Because their style is I that, you know? I think probably think a little differently. I would be wearing wacky clothes same, then, too. Same. Like, yeah. out of this Honestly, world. I'm so glad that... I mean, I like some aspects of 90s fashion, but, like, I remember watching the mm-hmm. 90s teen movies, and, like, every girl was wearing low-rise jeans and crop tops, and I was like, I love a crop top, but best a believe I'm going to be wearing a high waist with it, because that's way more flattering. Oh, my God. Oof. Yeah. Yikes. Well, we all had to be so skinny yeah. then to even look like that. That was also still yeah. early 2000s, but, like... Ew, no, please. Yeah. I'd like to eat. Yeah, I'm glad that that has kind of subsided. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So next scenario. 
Would you rather have Paul Rudd in Clueless or in Ant-Man? Oh. That's Mm -hmm. hard. Because it's literally the reverse of what you just said. I think Clueless. But just because I Mm -hmm. love Clueless. And even though I think Paul Rudd, obviously, there's the whole thing about his face hasn't changed (laughs) in decades. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um... I think I would still do Clueless because I yeah. loved him in Clueless. Obviously, he's like guy next so door, great, super nice, so but so good yeah. looking in that movie too. And he also looks so much older, it's which crazy. I think is why he has yeah he matured early, <laughs> and he just stayed that way. Yeah, just totally I need that skincare way. routine, mm-hmm. whatever it is. If you're listening, Paul Rudd loved you in Clueless. Yeah. Would love to meet up. Gotta shoot your shot. I love it. <laughs> Slide into those DMs. <laughs> See, I told you. <laughs> like, put, not just putting the foot in the water, just putting the whole in. lower body in the water. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, okay, next one. This is pretty meta. Jeff Goldblum in Jurassic okay. Park or in Jurassic World Two? Basically, Jeff Goldblum today. Oh God. I think the first one. I, I think for me, that's the one. only one that is like, yeah. I mean, he still has swag, <laughs> but I think he is a little, yeah. at this point, too old for me. Maybe. I don't know. I also, I got to say, I haven't seen the latest Jurassic Parks. I've only mm-hmm. seen the original. And I, again, it's kind of like with the Clueless thing, like I have nostalgia for it. I kind of like the iRobot thing. This is really swaying <laughs> my opinions. That's on the one. <laughs> Can't be unbiased yeah, in no, this No, definitely apparently. not. Um, okay, so then the last two are kind of connected. So Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic or in Once Upon a Time in mm. Hollywood? Uh, I kind of want to say neither Ooh, for that one. I'll take, okay. I want Leo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. You know, I thought about putting that one on there because <laughs> he was so hot in Wolf of Wall Street. So hot in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh but that would have been so much easier. I'm glad you picked both. Mm. But I, it's it's a little too... A little too old. I hate to even say it because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to like be ageist, mm-hmm. but a little too old for me in, in Hollywood mm-hmm. and a little too young for me in Titanic. Yeah, definitely too young for me in Titanic. I would still have to pick Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, although it's also mm-hmm. interesting because to your point about like not being unbiased, it's like I know what Leo DiCaprio looks like in real life and he doesn't look as mm-hmm. good as he does in the movies. Like no, whatever they do to him, not. he looks so great. And then you see the paparazzi photos know. and I'm like, it's gotta be like oh, airbrush or something yeah. and CGI. Yeah. Both. So it's gotta be like in his contracts or something. So it's hard to get the paparazzi Leonardo DiCaprio out of my head, but mm-hmm. I st- also then I have again, not being unbiased, being unbiased. Wait. Yeah. Not being unbiased. <laughs> oh, God, totally double negative. But I, just like obviously I don't know him mm-hmm. specifically, but I just know of his like paparazzi persona yeah. and it's just like really cringy to me. Yeah, also we're too old to date him. So <laughs> Exactly. Just exactly. wild. <laughs> that is terrifying. So terrifying. Well, speaking of someone else who has a girlfriend who's younger than us now, would you rather Brad Pitt in Fight Club or also Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Definitely in Hollywood for that one for me. Same. He looks I'm great not actually, in that. I know. So good. I'm not actually a huge Brad Pitt person mm. as far as, like, looks go. I think that most people are. I mean, he's, like, everyone's, like, number one Hollywood beautiful actor or whatever, mm-hmm. I think. People, even guys talk about him. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I definitely saw it in Thelma and Louise, what mm. the, the draw was. Yeah. 
Um, and I, I think I liked him in that one for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's a great looking person, mm-hmm. and a good looking guy, and I'm sure he's a fine person in general. Well, not sure, but <laughs> maybe. Hopefully. Um, <laughs> but um, I think he definitely hit a point, you know? Yeah. You know how yeah. like George Clooney went like hotter, 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 yes. hotter, 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 hotter. And now he's kind of like, okay, I see, I see you getting older, yeah. which is not unattractive, but I see it now. Yeah. But it took a while it took for you forever. to get there. It was nuts. Yeah. It was hot. Mm-hmm. And I guess if I was going to throw one out there myself but of him in, like, let's say, do you know One Fine Day? That was, like, oh, yeah. my movie growing mm-hmm. up with Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. And him in, I don't know, one that, that one that I think is, like, a Hulu film or something oh, like that wow. that came out. It was, like, one of his own films or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was, like, the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I think I would do One Fine Day, even though mm-hmm. he's got that, like, old look that we love about him yeah. in, in the past few years even. Yeah. I loved him in One Fine Day. And he doesn't have any gray. Mm-hmm. And he has a little bit more of a baby face. Yeah. But I, I do like that look. I, I think he's really good looking mm-hmm. and get hotter and hotter and hotter. But I, for some reason, I think we would still pick the well, the One Fine Day Clooney. Interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Not the ER Clooney. That was like a little bit too, too young. young me, too I young. I wanted to throw Clooney on here too. And I was like, <laughs> I can't even pick. Honestly, Clooney is like one of my yeah. weaknesses. So I was really? like, I cannot select on either or for this. I was just like, this movie or this movie or this movie. So, so yeah, that's... What about Obama? Like, Obama is definitely still good he's, when he's got the gray. He still looks but good I, with the I gray. I think I would fit... I would feel like pre-presidential or post-presidential. I think I would still pick pre. I think I would pick pre. I think I saw a before and after picture of him towards the end of his presidency. And it wasn't even that he looked old. He just looked, like, tired. And I get it. It's a hard job. Especially now. He's like, great. You guys are literally undoing everything that I did. Seriously. I can't believe this. I left you for four years and look what happened. Um... I oh, I would need a lot of therapy if I were him. Yeah, so I think pre-presidential Obama, less baggage. Less baggage. Yeah, mm. yeah. He's still a fox, but there's there's a lot to unpack now. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, this was amazing. And before know, so we sign off, I just want you okay. to take some time to remind everyone where they can find you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening again. Um, my Instagram handle is classity c l a s s c i t y. Um, also on the stereo app that I mentioned earlier. And my podcast is called Before You Know My Name. You can also just search my name, which is Cassidy, C-A-S-S-I-D-I, Parker, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I heard even all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and look on there. Hopefully I can see you there. Would love to hear any comments. Comment on anything on my Instagram as well. And I'll obviously know what you're talking about. Or like I said, you can just go to my Instagram and there's going to be a link in my bio and you can just see everything there. My website's on there and all that good stuff. Yes. IMDb, blah, blah, blah. Worth checking out. She has an amazing website. So <laughs> oh, thanks. I will be linking all of this in the notes. And thank you so much. Oh my gosh, thank you. Again, thank you for reaching out to me and I can't wait to be litter actual friends now. I know. Yes, it's going to be so great. <laughs> in a year. No, uh, less than a no. year. No, <laughs> less than a year, please. Please. Oh my God. Okay, well, thank you again. Yes. Let's be exclusive. Subscribe to Interstates and Heartbreak wherever you listen to podcasts for more first-hand stories about the unglamorous side of dating in Los Angeles. And while you're at it, you can write me a love letter with a rating and review on Apple. See you next Sunday.